You are listening to the Massive Report Podcast. Let's start off the Massive Report Podcast where I spent a good part of my high school youth on the JV team. Welcome to the Massive Report Podcast here at Saucy Brewerix. We thank them for having us again. And we have the, the full roundtable as Bart returns hey from uh, maternity duty. Are you paternity, paternity duty? <laughs> wow. Okay. Can we start again? That's it. <laughs> We're you know, okay. You're fine with it, and I'm sure you're an excellent father. We're we're glad to see you. Best we, number one, as I hear. Yes. Very good. It's it's wonderful to see you again. So Bart is here. Sam behind the controls. Brett is here. Murph is here. My name is Brian. Like and subscribe to the Massport Podcast. We do appreciate it. Now, I, I don't want to call crew to a JV team. That was just kind of a dig. JV All Star team. Yeah, <laughs> I never made that either. Uh, <laughs> we just want to take a moment here from the jump to recognize Crew 2 making it to their second straight cup final, hoping to take it home against who, Bart? Uh, Austin Broccoli. Um, I, I, and this is someone on a, a Twitter identified this, that uh, broccoli is actually a very popular meal to feed capybaras in captivity. Uh, it's, it's nutritious. Um, it it uh, you know gets them all the nutrients they need, and they love it. And I expect to see our cappies doing that on the field this Saturday in the most significant sporting event that will be taking place here in Columbus. You know, I seem to remember the green giant, ho, 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 green giant, and then there was Sprout, the, the little one. So they're sort of like Sprout, yeah. if you will. So it's Crew 2 against Sprout Sunday. 5 o'clock, did we determine that? At Lower.com to determine MLS Next. The, what do they call the trophy? MLS Next Pro Cup. I don't know if the trophy has oh, a specific Oh, all right. Name. It, well, it should have a it's name. Weird Steve's trophy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. It's the Crew 2 trophy. Yeah. For, they, for like, now. at least MLS, you know, put a little bit more effort into it than the NWSL did in getting their <laughs> shield, oh supporter gosh. shield. <laughs> like... The NWS, NWSL Shield. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, it tells you all you need to know. It's a plate. So what do we know about this uh, Crew 2 matchup with Austin? What should we be looking for? And obviously, we should be going. I can tell you nothing about Austin's team because, frankly, I haven't watched enough. There's only so many hours yeah, in the exactly. day. exactly. And uh, we talk about how we don't see enough of the Western Conference teams from MLS. I, I can't dive into all that. But, um, look, I think... We should really emphasize how impressive this is. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, any team to go to back-to-back championship games is impressive. But this isn't the same team as last year. And, like, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty obvious to most people. You know what Jason Russell Rowe has done with the first team and Mohamed Farsi. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, I mean, this is a whole different, aside from a few guys, four or five maybe, um, credit to Lauren Quartois, and you know the goal of this team is to develop players for the first team. It's not to necessarily win these trophies, but I think the fact that you know you saw it last year, that team brought guys into the first team because they got that experience winning MLS Next Pro. Um, I don't know if you will see the immediate results because there's a lot of young guys yeah. on this team, which is even more credit to Courtois. But you know, I, when I saw the roster at the beginning of the season, it was like, well, this year is going to be different. Other teams have put more mm-hmm. emphasis into their reserve teams now. And you know, I think they finished the 
Crew 2 finished third in the Eastern Conference. Um, so it was like, okay, well, if they do make a run, that's nice. Like, they'll get some playoff experience and, and whatnot. And they've gone on the road and won back-to-back games in this. Uh, both 1-0, tight games. They scored in stoppage time this past weekend to get into the championship game. Um, but he's got, I mean, it, like we said last year at times, like, this was a fun group then. This is a different fun group. And I don't know if people have, have followed it as closely just because they haven't been as dominant. But, I mean, I think this is very exciting for not only this team and this group, but I think it still says a lot about what could be coming down the pipeline. Yeah, you look at it. I mean, it's it's not just like the Jason Russell Rose and the Mo Farsis, the, the Philip Quintons, the yep, Patrick yep. Schultes, the Isaiah Parentes, yeah, yeah. the Sean Zawadzki. I mean, you, you were, yeah, replacing the better part of the entire team. And they replaced them for, with guys from the academy. And so I, I, I think it just... Again, it's a testament to what Tim Bezbachenko was talking to us about a couple weeks ago in the investment that they put in developing and and to see that paying dividends so quickly um, is so impressive and really good sign for this team, this entire program moving forward. What are some of these kids that we should be looking for? I know we've talked about them earlier in the season, and we're talking kids that are still in high school in some cases, correct? Yeah, some of them are. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean... I, I, you know, to, to kind of piggyback, I'll, in, get, I'll answer that question in a second. I, I think to piggyback what, on what Bart said, um, you know, I think that for we're still early on in my mind with the, essentially the pathway of academy to MLS Next Pro to first team MLS minutes. Um, but that pathway to me feels very defined. Mm -hmm. right now and i think the crew specifically aren't just at the forefront of that i think they are now the blueprint for the rest of the country in terms of what um what investment looks like at kind of all three stops right and how each one kind of juxtaposes perfectly with uh each other if you do it kind of a certain uh way and i think it's it's fascinating to watch. I do think there's part of me that's a little bit sad because I think what we're also watching is the death of Division One soccer and right in front of our so, eyes yeah. uh, a little bit. Um, if I was like the... I have no children uh, that I know of. Uh, if I... Uh, <laughs> if right I here, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, son. Uh, <laughs> if, I ha- if I was the, the son, you know, the father of a... of a... Of a of a player who, you know, maybe we thought had potential, who's in that, like, 11, 12, 13-year range. If I'm looking at kind of the big picture, I'm not looking at sending him to Ohio State or whatever in yeah. terms of if you're if you're looking for a professional career. Now, obviously, there's nuance to that. But, like, the I think the pathway seems very, very um, – in such a short amount of times feels very real now. And I don't know if I would have said that even maybe like a year and a half ago, which is kind of wild to think about, but it's, it's a credit to, um, it's a credit to Bez. It's a credit to Corey Ray, uh, and, and Issa Tall and what they've done kind of specifically at that level, but how it's fed into the first team, the dividends that that investment has already paid off has been outrageous. Right. And I think, even exceeded probably the, the the highest of expectations that we would have had. Um, so now it's it, it's I think in some ways it's it feels a little bit like uh, the winning is almost like 
extra and cherry on top kind of. Yes. And I think that because it's already paid off in a substantive way. Um, and then with some of the guys that you're seeing, especially some of the younger dudes, like in my mind, like those are the guys that the front office now has kind of circled as we look at these guys as like financial kind of incentives in terms of X amount of dollars that we're pumping into them. We might be able to recruit recoup when they're 21 or 22 if they explode in their late teens, early 20s in MLS. And then all of a sudden it's a $15 million you know, transfer fee to Sevilla or whatever, you know? So I think uh, it's really exciting. Uh, as a fan of college soccer, it's a little sad for me, bittersweet in some ways, because I do think it's like we're, we're kind of taking it out behind the woodshed a little bit to the farm upstate uh, each and every time I watch the league a little bit. Um, but the uh, uh, it's still it's a fabulous achievement. Courtois deserves all the credit in the world because they essentially took the guys who were successful from a year ago, moved them up, reloaded with a relatively an entire new crop of players and they're right back to where they were a year ago that's a massive achievement i think to kind of piggyback off what you said you know you said that winning is kind of a a nice byproduct yeah but i do think it helps you know if you're trying to get a kid Mm -hmm. that maybe come you know do i stay in high school and you know play in the academy do i go the college route Okay, well, not only do you get to be developed, but you're seeing a winning product. And yeah. now, like, the first team also winning with some young guys. So, like, the pathway is not only showing success to get to the first team, but, like, you can also be successful along the way, especially if you're a Central Ohio, Ohio kid. Like, some of the academy stuff, you lose that high school aspect that, you know, we all kind of experienced of, you know, getting to play in front of your friends. Well... You could still do that to some degree. Maybe your friends aren't driving down from Cleveland, if if that's where you're from, every week to watch you play. But if you're making runs to championship games regularly, more people are going to come out to see you, friends, family, stuff like that. So I think there's, you know, it helps you kind of recruit for the crew. As for the potential death of college soccer, I do think that's sad. I do think the country's big enough and there's enough players yeah, that can continue. It'll always be there, but the, you're, the level, which is not particularly high at yeah, the moment, right. is going to drop even more. Yeah, Especially dom- from from domestic-based players. Yes. I mean, you're still going to get people from Europe and South America that are going to come play sure. college soccer. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, you know, if, if Sean Zawatsky's 15 right now and playing at the level he was playing at, is Sean, Sean Zawatsky's probably not going to Georgetown right. anymore. You know but what I mean? also think... That's not the cruise problem. Like no, it is not. It is absolutely I, right. not. And in the bigger picture, this sort of player development is necessary to bring the U.S. program yes. to yeah. the next level. Unquestionably. So I, I think it all kind of goes hand in hand. And on top of this, r- real quick, it's only going to get, I think, I'm air quoting here, better in terms of the reach that the clubs are going to have because MLS is going to essentially blow up how – the discovery rights that clubs have right now, they're going to blow all of that up and kind of start over probably mm. next year to where it's inner Miami has first discovery rights for everyone. did, especially <laughs> uh, Tiago Messi. Yeah. Um, it, he's, he's probably first at the list um, on the list, but they're, they're going to change all of that because um, I think teams are, are looking at this and realizing that there's real value here Um Especially like for me, like FC Dallas and the, what that what the Metroplex has been able to kind of create in the last 25 years mm-hmm. uh, in terms of domestic talent, but also talent for Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, like 
there I think a lot of teams and clubs are kind of looking their chops because there's a there's a huge financial kind of back end uh, windfall for them if they get it right and you only have to get it right once for the whole program to pay off over an extended period of time I think it's important to point out because I don't know if everyone I'm sure people that really pay attention know this but like the benefits of being part of the academy and then moving up to, to this or joining crew two are like you are doing this all the time it's different that now the some of the 17 year olds on the team you know, they're still going to school somewhere and it's not fully the european model where they have basically schools set up f- for them but their focus is soccer mm-hmm. and like so mm-hmm. as brett was saying earlier like if you are if that's where you think and your family thinks you're going like this route makes more sense so than, much sense. and you could still i mean we've seen it with guys in the past you know like a demarcus beasley for instance yep there have been pathways for guys to still get college degrees after they begin their professional mm-hmm. careers, do stuff in the offseason. A lot of guys have done that throughout MLS history. So it's not like you're foregoing an education entirely. You're still getting that. But, like, if if professional soccer is where you want to go, these academies mm-hmm. and then obviously these MLS Next Pro teams are, uh, you know, th- that's the difference between that and going to an Ohio State where, like, yeah, you're playing soccer a lot, but you're still – you know, you're a student athlete. Mm-hmm. Here, you're an athlete first, for sure. And I think just one of the other things to do, you know, a bit of a hockey analogy because it's so somewhat similar to like the you know junior oh, or yeah, the college yeah. route and that. Yeah. But the difference between this is that in an MLS uh, Next Pro, you're playing the, the you know the advantage of of, of playing in, in college versus juniors. There's that twenty age twenty cap for juniors and that's why a lot of times they'd send guys to you know encourage players to go to college you're playing against real men there because a lot of times you've got freshmen that are age 21 you've got guys you know that are 25 26 27 you've got real men playing in mls next pro too so there's not that you know advantage as much for a college uh that you'd have in uh in the hockey yeah and you are at least in columbus i don't know about every other mls next pro team but here, they are training at the same facilities. Yep. They are working with the – I mean, I've talked to guys about how – some of the young guys about how, you know, Josh Williams, uh, Lucas Celerayon before he – you know, guys are working with these kids, watching film at the same time, especially when they get to train with the first team, those guys, and they've done a good job, especially – I mean, they did it under Caleb last year as well, but Wilfred Nazi has had a lot of young guys work with that first team just in training, you know, get these guys that experience and whatnot. So there are – added benefits as well the osmosis part of that i think is immeasurable in my mind excuse me uh, in terms of just being around it Mm -hmm. it's not like that from my understanding it's not like that everywhere i think the crew have emphasized that and made that that facility helps you know it was and that's that's the biggest reason why is that the facility was built literally and with that in mind um but I think that's all part of the equation as to why I think the crew are essentially the bannermen for or the, 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 the standard bearer for this entire kind of endeavor. And I would expect that blueprint to be copied um, by basically everybody else in MLS. Well, it's Crew 2 and Austin, 5 p.m. at Lower.com on Sunday. Grab your tickets. Let's have a big turnout. Let's make a lot of noise. It's Austin's only appearance in the postseason this year, I believe, Bart. Chopping broccoli, oh, Tifo, and Columbus, the because they refuse yeah, to schedule them. Cowards. <laughs> right. Do you right think, well, wait, wait, real quick. Do you think Anthony Precourt makes the trip? No. <laughs> you don't think so? He doesn't want to go no. back to Historic Crew Stadium? No. No. Man, I would love yeah, to Yeah, tell him where the game is. Yeah, it's at the old place, yeah. you know. Stop on yeah. by. Yeah. There's, there's, you used to own that. 
there's a there's a stall with the door falling off with your <laughs> name in the plaque form on there. But yeah, the, but the biggest thing is uh, there's going to be a line on the way in, and you're going to miss the opening. Yeah, you have yep. to you have to sit outside for a little bit. <laughs> God, yeah. the old jokes are best, man. Yeah. And I don't never get old. Go. And in honor of the fact that saved the crew day was last week, I'm yeah. glad that yes. we can make these jokes. Like, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. I, yeah, it's 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 nice that we've still been able to do this, and now we can look back and laugh. Absolutely. So turn out and uh, support your crew too. On Sunday, again, that's a 5 o'clock kickoff. We're going to talk about the Montreal game on Decision Day, which for some reason D.C. United not participating in, which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah, they played uh, their games already. Yeah, and, and Wayne Rooney has already left for Birmingham. Yep. So they're done. So it's, it's not entirely Decision Day. Yeah, but some it's decisions mostly, are already made. Yep. Right. Well, Miami's decision has been okay. made, I, yep. even though they play on Wednesday. They play Charlotte twice in a row, back to back. Yep. which yep. doesn't make any so sense dumb. to me either. But uh, – as far as we're concerned, we'll talk about uh, what this game means as far as the standings. There was something that you brought up before we started recording, Murph, which I thought was very important that nobody is talking about. So we'll get to that here in a few minutes. And we'll talk about a desperate Montreal team that has to get a result on Saturday at 6 o'clock against the crew. But we want to circle back since we were not with you last week. A couple of games happened, bam, bam, and then the long break. So I went back and watched the highlights. Crew 2, New England 1, Crew 1, Atlanta 1. And I feel like uh, on Massport, and I forgive me, I forget who wrote the piece, but it was about what we saw tactically in those games mm-hmm. and, and how it was sort of a – it wasn't just one thing, yeah. right? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think just going up against what has been a struggling New England team, as we touched on a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago um, – and then Atlanta, like, tactically you have to approach some things a little bit differently. And look, I think, too, you get the three points in that first game against New England. Okay, yeah, sure, you wanted to get right. three more points against Atlanta. That would have made things a lot easier coming into decision day. But that also meant you might be able to, to, to change some things a little bit. Um, it was important for the crew to get at least four points in that stretch. And we talked about that beforehand. I mean, three mm-hmm. points would have been okay if you'd gotten one and lost one. Um, they were on the cusp of six, and then they mm-hmm. give up, uh, you know, a late goal in the Atlanta game. Um, you know, I'm trying to think back to those games. The New England game to me stands out just because you were able to not only get a win on the road, um, but... In a place that, you know, New England had been... I think they had one home loss or were undefeated right. at yeah, home. I think yeah, but you, you had the lead, you give up the lead, mm-hmm. and then you get it back late, which I think is, you know, as we get into the playoffs and you're going to need to fight for, you know, the, the results, getting a late goal, especially on the road like that, can be a confidence booster. Uh, wasn't the, the cleanest of goals. Uh, mm-hmm. Bouncing ball in the box. I think it was off a corner kick. It was yeah. a lovely yeah. corner kick, though. Yeah. Diego Rossi, though. I, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, I mean, mean right place, all, right time, not marked. They all count the same. Put it in the back of the net and celebrate your win. Um, I, I just thought that was really important for the team. Like, right now, these games, you know, you're, you're obviously jockeying for position and whatnot, but you know, setting yourself up for playoffs in important late-season games, I think, can propel you. That experience of those tight games and things like that are, are good for teams heading into the playoffs. Brad, I think one of the things that we saw – I want to say in the New England game, but is that Morea was kind of drifting into uh, roles that he is much more familiar with based on his past play with the crew, huh? Yeah, I, you know, it, it was, 
did did Caleb do the tactical piece from for yeah. the? I, I would I would you know, he's done them in the past. You know it was interesting when that you brought that the the article up because I thought it was one of the more um, diverse games that we've seen from the crew. It felt like that everybody um, they would do something, revs would adjust, crew would adjust to the revs adjustment. And the Rebs would adjust to that adjustment. And it, it felt like it was like this kind of ongoing chess match a yeah. little bit. And because of that, it looked a little bit discombobulated in stretches. And I thought you saw Steve um, at times, it felt like because it was kind of unorganized, he reverted back to going right to, to right back and doing what, you know what I mean? Like it was like, I'm not really sure what's going on. So I'm just going to go here and hopefully <laughs> that's what I'm supposed to do. Um, but it was, you know, I thought it was a very, um, it felt very professional to me mm-hmm. in that uh, the, you know, I think when, due to all the PTSD from the, the, the late collapses during the Caleb Porter era, and we're also seeing it here yep. this past season as well, like I, anytime that there's like an equalizer, you kind I, I, you kind of can't help but kind of feel like, Ugh. yeah, like there's like this massive letdown. And I didn't really feel like I saw that from them uh, in any way. They, they were right back up on the ball. They, um, it wasn't like the Orlando game where it was like one went in and then they were, then they got caught too far up the field. Like it felt a little bit more of a measured response, which I thought was a really great way to react to the, the collapse that Orlando, the epic collapse that we saw in Orlando. Um, and then they fight back and they kind of get a scrappy goal. And, I, you know, I've said this on the podcast in the past that, like, the one thing that I always felt like the Caleb Porter teams lacked is they never scored ugly goals. It was always, like, when the goals did go in, and there weren't that many that, mm-hmm. did, that went in, but when they did go in, they were part of a, a you know, either a, a, a great bit of movement and build up or a moment of individual brilliance. But they never scored anything ugly. And that was, like, a pretty ugly goal and it was scrappy and I thought like that little bit of grit is kind of one of those things that I I like to you like to see it especially this time of year because I think it makes such a huge difference in uh you know in the the playoffs it's essentially what Philly has done over the last you know basically since 2016 that they're gonna they they go out and they kind of score they'll score an ugly goal or two and then all of a sudden you're looking up and you're like how the hell are we losing two zero right now you know um but i thought it was i thought steve played well kucho was out of his mind uh, again um and it it was it just felt very collaborative it felt like an, a thoroughly kind of gritty professional performance they've had a lot of success over the last handful of years in new england uh, with with getting draws, but they haven't like kind of gotten the nose over the the edge in terms of getting a win in a place that no one really goes over there and is is successful um, when when you're playing in Foxborough and they went out and did it. So I thought that was a huge feather in their cap, um, and I I thought for sure it was like well they'll just they're just gonna hot knife through butter into Atlanta, and we saw that I think in stretches in that game a yeah. little bit. Um, and then everything that happened, you know, towards the end happened. But um, and it was it, I thought it was like it, to me, it was like that was like the gritty kind of grind out game that I that, like when you when that happens in late September and October and you're like a playoff caliber MLS Cup kind of caliber team, you're like you perk up a little bit and go, yeah. ooh, I like that. I agree. And I look at the Atlanta game like 
yes, they give up a late goal again. But like to me, that wasn't like this collapse. Yeah. Like Atlanta got a goal, and those have that happens in soccer sometimes. Like I saw a lot of people on social media after that game, like, oh, we always, you know, points dropped from winning positions late, and, and it is like mm-hmm. that's fair. But you know, sometimes the other team's playing too, right? And they're trying to score, and they, you know, it's just like when the crew have scored late to to get. Something Atlanta out of got games. some help there too at the end as yeah. well. Yeah, but just. To me, like if you look at the playoffs, especially the format that we're going to see in this first round here of the best of three, like, okay, if you're the higher seed team, which the crew would have been in that scenario, um, you know, if, if that were a road game in the playoffs and you give up a late goal, like you don't feel terrible about it. You come mm-hmm. back with a tie and, you know, you, you look to win the next home game. So, Except you don't have ties in the first round of the playoffs. Well, they do. I think they round. do in the best of three, right? Uh, no, I think they all go. They There has to be a winner, I oh, believe, okay. in each all of right. them. And they, they that they means that they skip and they skip extra time and just go straight so, to well, PKs. Well, fine. Then you yep. would be okay anyway because you know what happens when the crew play playoff games in Atlanta. In Atlanta <laughs> with PKs. <laughs> Yeah, yes, yeah. Exactly. No, absolutely good point. Uh, so, look, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel like, yeah, it was disappointing, no doubt, because like I said, six points. Mm-hmm. Now you're in a way better position going into decision day in terms of where your seating's going to be. But I, you know, so it was a letdown from that capacity, but not like, oh gosh, it happened again for me at least. Mm-hmm. Bart, if I'm watching film of especially the last two crew games that we've been talking about, if I'm uh, an opponent in the playoffs. And I'm seeing Cucho, literally, like there's three Cuchos on the field. He's coming from everywhere, and he's shooting from all angles. And some are going in, and some are amazing saves. And But he is truly playing with his hair on fire right no, now. No, and I, I think what we're seeing is... is- Cucho, you know, finally regressing to the mean when, yeah. when it comes to goals. Uh, he, he's been due. He's had more shots, I think, by, you know, 50 or so than anyone else in MLS this season. Um, uh, he has been due these goals, um, and, and and they're now coming. And, and you know, it's uh, 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 he's been fantastic and shown why he's, you know, the best overall, you know, all around forward in MLS. Um, uh, announcers were, you know, comparing him. Uh, uh, to Joseph Martinez in his prime, and I still think he gives you more all around than Absol- Joseph Martinez did in any. Much you know, better yeah. in terms of the playmaking mm-hmm. part of it than compared to Joseph. And, and that's you know that's one of those things that we saw it a little bit. Um, uh, uh, you know, well, we saw a good amount of it because we had out all the assists earlier in the season while Lucas was still around. Right. Um, but I, I, this is. He's blossoming into the signing that you thought you were getting when, you know, they made a uh, uh, paid for him. Uh, he's just the way he feeds off the other players and the way they seem to feed off of him. Uh, and it is, I mean, that, that three-headed monster that you see up front, whether it's Matan in there or Christian Ramirez. And I, and I think I like Matan in there, too. I, th- I, think, uh, I think Christian Ramirez, you know, I think gives you more off the bench than Matan gives you off the bench in terms of ability to really impact a game. Um, uh, but but y- you've got to be thrilled, you know, with Cucho. And he's still got a chance at uh, capturing the golden boot come Sunday. And uh, with the way he's Amazing been scoring eight. in bunches, uh, I think two, right? Is, it, is he at 15 or 17? He's at 14. And maybe it maybe he needs the hat trick, which again he's only had absolutely two in the past within four the realm games. of possibility. So. Right? But I, I think I think what you what you said about him being due he is, needs four needs four. I think four. He could oh yeah, he can do that. Let's get it. The, <laughs> Are you kidding? Has the, 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 you know, it's like it's wild to me to think that he's he's leading essentially the shot 
race mm-hmm. by that much, but it doesn't feel like he's like ve- like hoovering up all of the no. on goal attempts, right? Not even a little bit, right? Like it's it's I, and I think it speaks to the fact that he's finding himself in positions to be able to get yep. shots off that other guys in the league aren't even capable of doing. He's he's doing it at a rate that's kind of blowing our minds a little bit. Like I, like when I watch him play. Especially if he's the one taking penalties, like, like there, there's no reason to think that like he can't set single season goal scoring. Records, and and he wasn't know? the one taking penalties for half the That's season. What I'm yeah, like, it, you like, look at Lucho Acosta up there or uh, uh, Glenn Danzig. Glenn Danzig's got like eleven penalties. Yeah, I mean, like what what Edson what what Edson Buttle was doing a little bit during kind of his heyday, where he he you know was still being dynamic but he wasn't playing the whole game and not taking penalties either I didn't either. think we'd talk about Edson Buttle today that, so thanks put that on your big bingo card. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I'm saying it, like it's it was like it it doesn't feel like what well, you know it's like the the typical like mercurial striker that gets the ball at his feet and always thinking is shoot like it does it's not that it's actually kind of the opposite in a lot of ways but he's also leading the, the the league in shots. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it, it's it's wild that he, that he leads the league in shots, and that sometimes you're like, I need you to be more selfish, Cucho. Shoot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, well, and he's doing the work too. I yeah, mean, you yeah. see, uh, to to yep. my point about him being Tracking everywhere, back. he tracks back. The guy never runs out of gas. The buy-in is incredible, mm-hmm. and, yeah. I, and I think like he deserves so much credit for that because you don't you can look around the league at other players kind of of his stature that don't have you know one percent of his buy-in and and and, it, and it's absolutely outrageous and and and, and amazing to watch. And, he, and he's not going to get as much consideration for mls mvp as he should especially when you consider the goal contributions where he's going to be top two or three uh, he'll be ahead of probably honey mukhtar um, uh, uh, and, and right up there with Lucho Acosta, and especially if you right. consider penalties and tick those off, um, uh, he's had more goal contributions than Lucho, uh, right up there with Tiago uh, Almada. So, uh, uh, but you just imagine what he's able to do in a full season with uh, Diego Rossi um, next yeah. year, and you imagine what he can do in the playoffs, you know, on a big stage. That's the other thing about Kucho is he seems to elevate his game Absolutely when it's on does. the big stage. When he talked recently to us about, you know, he was disappointed that he didn't get to play in the playoffs last year, and has that, you know, that's something he's been looking forward to, especially after watching it last year at the end of the season. So a motivated Kucho on a crew team that's, already been very talented this year, I think is a, is a very positive thing. Well, we have a desperate Montreal team coming in here on Decision Day Saturday at 6. We go back not that far uh, ago, September 2nd, in Montreal, a 4-2 win, a Cucho hat trick. Mm-hmm. In, the first, in the first 16 minutes or 20, how many? It was 20-some yeah, some minutes, maybe. Nilio <laughs> did the game, too, right? That yep. was a, a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, was a, a right foot, left foot headed hat trick from Cucho in the uh, game, what, too. Without, is, yeah, yeah, without a goal from the run of play. So good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, um, I think Murphy, like, to me, it's like a, like a pissed off, motivated Cucho. It should be as scary as anything in, yeah. in MLS. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, too, with, like, the – the way that they they took it to Montreal in the first like 30 minutes of that game I thought was like very predatorial in a lot of ways that um, that felt like a 
like a championship kind of caliber. We know we're better than you. This is a road trip, whatever. We're just going to step on your throat right off the bat. And we've seen them do that a couple different times this year. But it, like that to me kind of signaled some intent in terms of what their expectations were in, in the long run. It petered out a little bit. I thought Montreal actually responded mm-hmm. to that mm-hmm. relatively well, given mm-hmm. the start that they had. Um, and they made that interesting down the yeah. stretch. Yeah. Um, so I think there's the some of the remnants of like the the like the esprit de corps, like the the culture that that Wilfred Nancy kind of established in Montreal. That's obviously still very much apparent and an influential factor there. Like they they very much still are like a a, a motivated, hungry team, despite the fact that the guy who kind of was the the, the foundation of that is no longer in charge of of, of the team. You mean um, Thierry Henry didn't set that culture? I don't think. I don't think. I don't think T was really. I think he was maybe mostly there for the, you know, the, um, the the memes and the and the great food, and, and that was probably about it. But, um, you know, I think they're dangerous, right? But like, it feels to me like this crew team is just they, they don't seem to be the type of team that you know, plays up to competition better than them or plays down to t- inferior competition. This is a crew team that feels, feels relatively steady to me. And this is obviously a team that's not quite as good. And everything that we've seen so far, you know, defines that, I think, uh, perfectly. But um, it's an opportunity, I think, for the crew to go out, punctuate this regular season in a relatively emphatic way, bounce back a little bit from what was a disappointing mm-hmm. result in Atlanta and then carry as much positive momentum as you can get into the postseason. Well, Montreal came out the other night at home and throttled Portland 4-1. to one, And I think they played that game the way they're going to play this game because they have to have it. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to go into why they need to have it. Just suffice to say that they have to have all the points, at least one. But if they want to guarantee their entry in the playoffs – they're going to need to win this game. And that means they're, they're going to have to come out and look for goals early and often. And that plays right into our hands, that, I think. We'll take that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Open game is like the, – I think the, the, you can beat this crew team like one of two ways. Uh, in transition, like on a counter, if they get them, catch them too far off the field. Um, and, and then, you know, potentially just like – Park the bus and bunker and try to get a penalty or a corner kick or something like that. You don't beat this crew team by like going at them and like trying to like, oh yeah, we're gonna try to score the crew. Out crew the crew, you're gonna get smoked. And yeah. so I think like the, the fact that they have to come out and go for it um, is gonna be, uh, you know, equally if not um, exceedingly dangerous for them in terms of what they're going to face uh, defensively from this crew team. And I expect us to come out with a lot of focus because. Uh, this counts. I mean, we're not mm-hmm. solidified into a position. I know we were talking about it before we started rolling here, Bart. What, what does it look like as far as win, draw, loss for the crew on Saturday? Yeah, so it's it's a little bit, you know, difficult because it is so crunched there. You've got Philadelphia, uh, 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 first of all, second place, pretty much locked down for, or is locked down for Orlando. So really we're looking at for crew anywhere between um, a third and 
and uh, fifth place. So what's most important, you want to finish that top four and you want to get those uh, that home field advantage. And, and crew really are in the driver's seat if you can get a result. If they get that one point, they are, unless something wild happens, because the, the, the thing they do have going for them is that uh, New England, who is right now in fifth place with 52 points, and Philadelphia, who's one point ahead of them with 55 points in third place, are playing each other. Mm. So... Got a plus plus yeah. there. So crew again with a point, they're gonna have gold the the gold differential uh, tiebreaker. If if that you know New England game for instance, if New England gets the win there, crew in all likelihood are jumping up to three unless New England drops a you know a, a nine spot or ten spot against Philadelphia, which um, seems unlikely. Yeah, not <laughs> yeah, it, not beyond uh, the pit, but no, no, not likely. And 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 I think that's the thing we we can talk about and and lament the goals and points given away from winning positions this year. And when you do look at it and compare it to last year. It's about the same. I think it's maybe one, two points difference max. <laughs> but that goal differential, yeah. that positions this team so much better than they, I mean, let alone the fact that they are in the position to be playing for home field, let alone playing for a chance to make the playoffs come decision day. Um, so uh, uh, in most of the scenarios, they, 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 they're they pretty comfortable if they get a result. They If they get a result, they're guaranteed that four spot if they... They've got a chance with getting it um, into that third spot, but they need some help from New England. All right. Fair enough. Um, and Murph, you mentioned that uh, all that aside, there's something else to play for, too. Yeah, I'm not sure why this hasn't been talked about, but talked about more. But so the crew sit on 54 points, currently fourth in the East because the East is better than the West. Uh, a lot better. Yeah. St. Louis, who is top of the West on 56 points would be they are the only team that can win the conference they clinch that top seed if they lose to Seattle who needs to win and plays a Vancouver team or sorry because a Vancouver team can theoretically jump over them with a win and a Seattle loss uh, the crew assuming again they win would have would host MLS Cup if they made it because they'd jump over St. Louis in the overall standings, um, which obviously would be a big deal. Uh, they have hosted two of the three MLS Cups they've played in. I won't go into their record in those games, but um, certainly you'd love to have an MLS Cup for the first time at Lower.com Field. And you, know, you, you obviously still would have some work to do. You have at least two teams ahead of you in, in the East that you have to get through and whatnot, but that would be a, a nice little perk to have going into the playoffs, knowing that, that you know, if you can reach that far, you will have it in, in your stadium. Um, looking at the way the playoffs are, are going to sort themselves out, what schedule are we looking at for a first playoff game, roughly? I mean, I'm sure we don't have a date. Obviously, we have to wait for those play-in games, eight versus nine. Those are one and done, correct? I mean, they've changed the format so much. And then we get into that. So there's going to be a little bit of a, at least a week, it's if not really, more. It's really weird to hear you say eight and nine in terms of playoff spots, by mm -hmm. the way. That's kind of yeah, weird to is, hear. Welcome to the NBA. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, but um, you know, I, I do think it's kind of interesting because that, while you guys kind of look up the um, oh, I've got it. The, the bracket part of it, I do think it's interesting. The bottom half right now is really fascinating in terms of I think every from 13 all the way up to eight is relatively still in play. Um, so I think the, that bottom kind of third mm -hmm. of what that playoff bracket looks like is still 
really up in the air. And it'll be one of the more um, – obviously, the top end is very secured, but I think that it, it, the, for the first time in a while, the bottom end of, of the, the playoff kind of uh, projection and outlook uh, is still kind of remains to be seen. It'll be the first time that's happened in mm-hmm. a decision day uh, kind of weekend in a while. Um, but the uh, – um, yeah, you know, I think the 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 for me the biggest thing with this with this postseason is like I, I'm still very skeptical of this entire setup in terms of yep. the best of three. It's I I, I know, love it. I, <laughs> so to be clear, this is not what we had with two games aggregate. No, no. That, it, that's all even, completely gone even, from the whole yep. thing. Even back when they changed it in, what was it, 2010, when they they flipped it again to, to make sure that the, the LA Galaxy people, yeah. the mm-hmm. LA Galaxy team got in. Um, <laughs> the, sorry, the hashtag MLS conspiracies. Um, like, it, it, it's going to be a little weird, and, I, and I'm cautiously optimistic about it, um, it's more games, which I suppose that was kind of the whole point. Yes, Apple TV. Um, and I know which that, is why I'm confused that the conference semifinals and conference finals aren't series as well. Like, if the yeah. goal, I mean, I know that pushes you into like late December yeah. probably for a final, but they've done that before. Well, and I know that they, part of it is too that there's, there's, um, this is super into the weeds, but there's some ad stuff that goes, that happens in December. Um, that the TV mm-hmm. people probably don't want to have to com- you know compete with in terms of ad buys, but yeah. that's a whole separate thing. Mm-hmm. But um, the uh, uh, I, I'm fascinated to see what happens, if not a little bit maybe skeptical uh, as well the, in terms of what it might look like because it's I, more games great. Obviously, that's that's a that's I think a net positive, but like I think it also might lend itself to some really wonky results and i'm not entirely sure that's a great way to kind of determine Mm -hmm. a champion of a league if that that makes sense that that's especially and and you know i'd look at maybe more in the western conference because in the eastern conference it is there's so much parity in there but if i'm a western conference team that's just scraping in there and i'm playing against the higher seed you bunker down the entire game well, why to try you, to go get penalties. It's yeah. a coin flip. You why, know why would you even try to I do would, anything? Yeah, but, that, yeah. like, that's kind of what I'm saying. Is like yeah. I, the, I don't more games. Yes, great. Better games. No, no. It doesn't. It just doesn't. Like if we're gonna do this stuff, then why not? Let, let's just. Let's have them do the old the old uh, penalties in MLS. Just run up there for thirty <laughs> yards and take it. Like, gonna, yeah. like yeah. It, and it just to like to, to change the format and then go back to normal kind of aggregate format for the conference finals and and or the the, the second round. So uh, 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 and to clarify, so the the. There's the, your knockout round, um, uh, or the, the playing round, then followed by the first round, which is, again, best of three, no, uh, no extra time. There needs to be a winner for every game, yeah. and uh, those games need to be, those go straight to shootouts, if penalty shootout, if it is tied oh, oh. at the end of 90 minutes. Um, that begins October 28th, okay. and those run uh, from uh, through November 12th. Conference finals, that's better. That's two game series, and we'll go into penalties, what we're used to. So that runs so November 25th right? through 3rd. Uh, 
conference the conference semis conference finals are both one offs yeah. like they were last year. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to check this cuz I thought they were all three game series. Yeah. So if you got to play yeah. all the three games in the, the where there are a series, are we talking Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday? No, they are three it looks the way they haven't said yet, but it looks that window that Bart said for that is a three week window. Yeah. So I assume it's just three weekends. Whether Boy, it's Saturday, Sunday, we're um, gonna be well into yeah. December. So MLS did had it this way. The year that stands out to me because the crew hosted MLS Cup was in 2002, mm-hmm. um, and that was when it was a neutral site MLS Cup, and the crew were pretty good that year. They ended up losing to San Jose in the playoffs because the formats were very weird, and you yeah. had you played, but. It did make for an exciting series against San Jose. And they did it other years, too. But, like, that one stands out in my mind. They end up losing to San Jose. Obviously, San Jose goes on to win MLS Cup with Landon Donovan, Dwayne DiRosario that year, uh, a bunch of other guys. But it did make for an excitement. Now, this format's a little different with the, you know, you go to shootouts and whatnot. I believe, if I remember correctly, you could tie in those, and it was just your overall record, and there were a whole bunch of tiebreakers. But, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see how it goes. I think... You know, I get why they did it. I think you know, this guarantees, even if you're not the higher-seeded team, you do get a home game, which I think I like. Like, even if they went back to the, the two legs, yeah. I think you know, that's kind of more traditional soccer with the Champions League and things like that. But right. I think it is nice to know you're going to have a home game. Um, you know, and I think that helps markets because you can market it that way and you know, get people involved and whatnot. And you know, not that we've had that issue here this year with – you know, was it 14 straight sellouts? Mm-hmm. It'll be on uh, Saturday. But I do think for, for teams being able to sell, hey, we're going to have a home playoff game as long as we make the playoffs, I think there's there's positives to that. But, again, you get that with a 2-2 home-and-home aggregate. Yeah. So it's just, I'd be fine with that. I just like the series a little bit better than just like the well, – I'm fine with that for the championship game, no doubt about that. Uh, mm-hmm. No question, though. I've sat, sat with a lot of people, including my beloved wife, Every year, when there's an aggregate series, they go, "Okay, here's winning how the game <laughs> two to nothing." But you have to think of the first game is only half of a mm-hmm. really long game. And I think Americans, if they're a little more casual, they have trouble getting their head around. Wait a second, why are we already up two to nothing in this second game? Well, mm-hmm. because we won the first game. Okay, so is this the the final game? Yes. So the other team can still come back and beat us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you had home goals, tiebreaker, and road goals, and, and, and that sort of thing. So maybe that's what they're trying to get away from is just make it simpler, make it easier for us to understand. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. It's, it's like, oh, no, yeah, if in the, in the end, if uh, it's tied, you just, yeah, have the, the, these guys. Yeah, it's just a flip of coins. Why not just do that at the end instead? <laughs> yeah, the, the shootout thing is the, the, where it kind of sticks in my craw. Uh, yeah, Hopefully even, it doesn't like, come Even if they, if, if they just played extra time. And then went to PKs, I'd feel better about it. Or go, yeah. do golden goal in extra time, you know? If you want to get through it faster, okay, but but at least let it, to the best that you can, let them decide this, like, from the run of play versus yeah. PKs. I would love I, to I, see a golden goal, by the way. One of the most exciting soccer games we've yeah. had in the last decade was the NCAA uh, National Championship when Marshall played Indiana, and Marshall Seriously? scored in, like, the 100th minute to win. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that would be really kind of, fa- uh, like, a, Really interesting, and also Talk a very American yeah, way. Yeah, if we're going to be no, if we're going to be novel about it, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with golden goals. I agree. Instead of PKs. I agree. But yeah, right. it feels very weird to just 
and and go directly to penalty. Mm-hmm. They, I don't quite understand yeah. that. I mean, I get it from a playing standpoint in terms of you don't want to rack up the miles. But and then, of course, you have yeah. teams that are going to be late in games, like, okay, we're tied here, especially if you're the underdog. Yeah. You're playing on the road. Why, yeah. Okay, we need to start oh, subbing based it. on yeah. who we like yeah. taking penalties. That's not necessarily a guy that we would have played a lot tonight. But he happens to be good at penalties. Then you have that whole like Kevin Molina. If you're if your team playing, I mean, we look at how many teams we saw playing, you know, crew this year. Where if you get one goal, you just immediately bunker down because they're happy with the draw or anything. Like if if they're playing crew, if a team's playing crew, like yeah, I'm I, I like my chances better in a penalty shootout than you know playing this game and beating them ninety minutes. You know, I almost think, and we'll wrap it up. But I almost think we're better off in a more competitive series having finished third or fourth in the standings than we are sitting in Cincinnati's spot where it's clear that their opponent, whoever it happens to be, and there's three or four teams that it could be, um, that's what they're going to do. They're going to park the bus and just try to drain the life from them. And nobody wants to do that. I feel like when we're playing teams that are more on our level, we're just going to play. You know what I mean? So Cincinnati, I don't necessarily envy the position that they're in, you know. That's but they my got own... a supporter shield trophy and celebrated it like they won the World yeah. Cup. Okay. And, and that my, that's my one regret about uh, you know I think it's I think it, it it's good karma that you know Messi and Inter Miami didn't make it, but <laughs> I would have absolutely loved for them to make it just so they could beat Cincinnati in the first round <laughs> and just see the meltdown in that city and that family. That would have absolutely what happened. I literally, no literally just had that same conversation about a week ago where it was like, uh, you know, the, in the victory lap that they took for the supporter shield, fine, you know, more than, you know, you earned it, go go mm-hmm. right ahead. Um, then they, did you see their celebrations in the locker room? Yeah. I remember when the crew first won the supporter shield. The guys in the team didn't even, there were a few guys in the team that didn't even know, like, what that right. was. Like, <laughs> it was like, I mean, again, this was a, obviously, yeah. this is an 08, and it's a different MLS and whatnot. But just, like, that wasn't their goal, and they obviously went Ask on Ask the to, Boston Bruins about having the best record oh, in the NHL team in the year. NHL. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just, just, the, it doesn't the matter. The President's Trophy is a death sentence. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And so, I guess they won uh, good on them. Shield I guess, you know, from where yeah. they came mm-hmm. from, I guess they felt like they needed to celebrate something. Oh, but they need a star <laughs> in, their, in their jersey, according to some FC Cincy yeah. fans, oh, in which case... Wow. Houston's Group putting guys. a star on their Houston. jersey for winning the Open Cup. Yeah. <laughs> Are they really? <laughs> is it a different colored star? Yeah, do they? Yeah, they can't be allowed there's to There's no that. way MLS doesn't regulate that kind of stuff. Inter-Miami is going to get outrage. one for just like can you imagine, the League's Cup. Can you imagine those FC Cincinnati, if they had to play Miami, just rolling out? Well, the grass is a little worn, so rolling out the artificial surface <laughs> yeah. for this one. We borrowed so it from the Bengals. We're, we're going over to, to Paul Brown yeah. to play this one. Yeah, we, want <laughs> we want to accommodate we, we want a bigger crowd yeah. for all the messy. F- oh, he's not playing. Oh, but it would be it would be really funny though if like Messi's playing in there and there are more messy fans than Cincinnati fans. Oh, what might have been that? You know, yeah. you're right. What a missed That's, opportunity. Yeah, should have gotten him sooner. Uh, is there any way they could get in? Now yeah. I'm like... <laughs> They're done. They're done. Yeah. Oh, Stick a fork bad. in them. All right. Well, that would have been fun. All right, let's make our picks for Montreal, and we'll get out of here, and we'll reassemble at some point next week to preview whoever we're playing in the playoffs. So we'll start with you, Sam. What's your pick? Yeah, Sam's here. Uh, oh, you came to me too fast. Oh, 
I'm going to go uh, 3-1 crew with Cucho scoring all three goals. All right, a hat trick from Cucho. Okay, Brett? Ooh, I like that pick. Um, I think it's I think it's uh, 2-0 uh, with two early goal, goals from the crew. Montreal, you know, just can't can't handle the uh, the the they they try to come out like you know with their hair on fire. The crew hit them on the counter. 2-0 by like the 28th minute. Um, and then it's a relative snooze fest from there on out. Uh, Cucho and uh, Julian Gressel goals. All right. Murph? Uh, 3-1. I think it'll be really important, and Brett sort of touched on this earlier, get on Montreal early because, as we touched on, they have a lot to play for. You need to go out there and, and you know kind of extinguish that fire, get a lead, maybe a two-goal lead, there relatively quickly and you know put that one to bed because if you let them hang around it could be a dangerous you know dangerous late situation i think montreal is going to get the first goal and then that's it we're going to steal their souls we're going to just suck the life right out of them beat them four one on a cucho hat trick bart top that okay i do like that well um, Josh Williams. I, I've got no. I, I, I've gone on record at least uh, across a couple things saying that I believe Cucho uh, uh, can win the Golden Boot, and so I think Crew win five two. All five <laughs> goals from Cucho. What do you, you call goals? Um, uh, wait, was pentuplet? Yeah, you call a Cucho. There you go. I want one decree before we go out. Uh, I would like it from henceforth that the crew has to play DC United in the final game of the year. We can't have the Columbus DC United series be over by July. I think I think that's fair. It has I think... to be the last game of the year. Anything other than that is a crime against humanity, <laughs> and uh, here, here. The, the the people responsible should be. Very much uh, held to the to the you know the strictest definitions of the law. Crew DC United decision day in perpetuity. Thank you very much. Is well, there a team? Do we have an expansion team coming next year? Because part of the reason is because there are only twenty nine teams, and that's why DC is done already. Oh, that doesn't mean that okay. San yeah, Diego, San 30. Diego. So we'll get is that to next an even season? thirty. Yeah, I've lost track. Yeah, I can't. I don't. Although that would be so, you'd have an East and Western conference team playing each other on decision day. Well, they'll probably move someone. Mm -hmm. So the 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 rumor is St. Louis would come over and make it fifteen and fifteen. I would love that. Um, The I they don't want that, from what I understand. Well, yeah, of course well, not. Yeah, they're uh, double <laughs> west, and they'd be a, <laughs> four gestures yeah. at everything. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do, uh, mm. be, because you know that's that'd be four teams in Cali, and they don't know how to do that. Look, college football has shown us it doesn't matter where you are that's for true. geography. Well, so true. just put. Oh, it's two years. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, then just put mind. the galaxy in the Eastern Conference, and let's call it. <laughs> we put the Red Bulls in the West playoffs one. Yeah. Day. The other one that I've heard that have, that have talked about it is Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes less sense, but. But I don't quite understand why. Um, but uh, whatever it happens, just don't touch Chicago Fire. That's an Eastern Conference team, and I'll go to absolute war mm-hmm. battle if they try to move them to the West. Yeah, I agreed. Agreed. Um, and with that, we're going to get out of here. Like and subscribe to the Mass Support Podcast. We thank you for listening. Thanks to our friends at Saucy Brew Works for having us, for serving up the delicious beer, the coffee, and the pizza, and all the other yummy eats. Oh, Sam, thank you for being behind the controls tonight. We always appreciate it. Bart, it's good to see you again. Good to see you, buddies. 
Brett, bring the baby next time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, well, he's getting there. We're, we're right, getting there. Right. I want to see you coming in here with your diaper bag. Baby's first and your brewer. stroller. And okay, the, 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 the um, uh, baby Bjorn or whatever carry did that. We won apple picking a couple oh, weekends ago. There you go. Him in the, you there know, you I go. have changed a diaper in a brewery, by the way. So there you See? go. My diaper doesn't count. It's been a while for me. Become an expert on changing diapers. Bring in a blowout for Brett. Let me tell you, uh, my my family, both my side of the family, my wife's side, they they call me the baby whisperer, and I because there's just I don't know, I just have that magic a little bit. I don't know whatever reason why, but um, yeah. Bring the baby. Let's do All it. Right. Let's do it. Make it yeah. happen. All right. So, uh, Bart, bring the baby next time. Brett, thank you. Murph, thank you. I'm Brian. Listen to my radio station, CD92.9. We'll talk to you next week on the Mass Support Podcast.